I've been um, pretty, I've been pretty slack. Um, haven't recorded any podcasts for three weeks, three four weeks. Um, so yeah, my first podcast on general medicine rotation was probably about a month ago. Uh, so I've been moved from the previous team, the Bravo Palkit, uh, and now I'm on the Echo uh, Gen Med team. Uh, to be honest, um, Echo, I don't really know what the difference between all the different teams are, but Echo does have a lot of palliative care patients as well. Um, so the, the kind of things that I read up on when I was covering pal- palliative care uh, is actually quite useful uh, going into uh, this road, this area of the, this team in GenMed. So, um, yeah, so um, pretty sad story uh, about uh, two patients this week. Um, so they're a husband and wife, a couple, uh, and they both got admitted on the same day into hospital. Um, and the reason why they got admitted was they both fell down on the floor in the house. So a very sad situation. Uh, so apparently the wife fell down first um, and the husband tried to help him help her up. Uh, and unfortunately he fell down as well. So they both were on the floor, could not get up, could not reach a phone to call for help. Um, and they were on the floor for four days um, until their son came over to deliver groceries and they fa- and found them on the floor. Uh, unfortunately, they were incontinent, so they peed on the, themselves. They also pooped on themselves. So fecal and urine incontinence. Um, so they were both brought into the hospital. I'm not sure if they're in the same ambulance or separate ones. Uh, probably separate ones, but... And yeah, unfortunately, a couple of days later, um, the husband passed away. Um, the saddest thing about this is that the husband was the carer for the wife. So he's actually seven years younger than her. So he was the full-time carer for his wife. Um, and yeah, and he did everything for her. He, they didn't have any supports at home. Um... And yeah, basically he looks after all her medicines and things like that. So um, it's really sad to hear that he just suddenly passed away. So uh, so I think apparently he hit his head when he fell. Uh, unfortunately, they led to a brain infection. Uh, and because they were lying on the floor for so long, it was too late to do anything when they got to hospital. Uh, so it was pronounced pretty much dying close to death. And yes, unfortunately he died. Um, to make, you know, to add the cream, the cherry on top of the ice cream, if you could say that, uh, the wife at the moment is still slightly delirious because she obviously had, um, has not recovered from the fall and, um, she doesn't even know that her husband has died. So, um, they were put in separate wards in the hospital. I'm not sure if they were allowed to visit each other. Um, but yes, so uh, very, very sad. Um, and after this incident happened, I sort of reflected on how often do I call my parents? Um, yeah, I think at most I probably usually call two, maybe three times a week. Um, 
uh, yeah, I'll just like, you know, the thoughts that come into my head is, you know, how come the family or their friends didn't check in on them earlier? I mean, like, maybe they did, maybe they called the phone, try to, but they then they might have thought they, they must have been out like you know if you ring a home phone I don't know if people have home phones anymore I know my parents do but I don't know like my sister has a house and she doesn't have a landline I don't have one um well everyone uses mobiles these days so I don't really need a home phone um unless you're making a lot of calls um so yeah like maybe they were just like oh yeah they're busy but yeah, it took four days for them to be discovered. And if he had been discovered earlier, I'm sure he would have survived. So, uh, unfortunately, there's going to be a coroner's report uh, on his death. So. Um, so yeah, so it was all up in the air about what will happen to the wife. Uh, she obviously can't go home. She'll probably go to a nursing home, unfortunately. Um, yeah, so I've <laughs> made me like uh, motivated to call my parents a bit more often, see how they're doing, um, make sure they're okay. Especially since my brother has moved out to house sit for my auntie while they've gone to London for a couple of months. Uh, so my parents are home alone. I mean, they're not as old as the patients that I was looking after, but you know, they're only like maybe 10 years younger than the patients that I look after. So. <laughs> yeah this reminds me like it's so easy like, as you grow old to get injuries like you know like i was thinking like if i fell over like i'll probably get a bruise or maybe like twist my leg or whatever or uh, sometimes or i have broken a ligament but yeah i mean like i would recover i wouldn't die hopefully or yeah um but when you're older, when you have a fall, just a simple fall, it can lead to your life, your quality of life to be reduced by a lot. And, you know, a fall can mean that the difference between whether you're palliative or you're not palliative. Like, honestly, having falls is just dangerous. Like, your life, just quality of life is down the toilet. You can't even, you know, go to the toilet by yourself. You can't do anything. You need to rely on on someone else to 24 hours to you know help you um another patient that i spoke to this week um quite young um she suddenly was like paralyzed she got this like neuropathic pain it's the pain of the nerves not like normal pain and suddenly she couldn't move her legs uh, she couldn't move so she went to hospital and they had to do lots of tests on her uh, they started on a neuropathic pain medicines um, and yeah it's quite scary when and she was telling me how like this is the first time in her life she had to rely on anyone else to help her you know aside from when she was a baby and a kid um, yeah it's very hard to accept help I think like you want to be independent like nobody wants to depend on others well usually i don't think and unless you're very lazy you don't want to depend on other people to do things for you when you know usually you could have done it yourself like you know cooking cleaning i mean i wouldn't write i wouldn't i mean honestly i i do miss my mom's cooking um I went back to Adelaide last week and like she gave me some takeaway to home and it was like fantastic not having to cook. I haven't cooked all week. Um, yeah, <laughs> if you can even cook cool like steaming stuff in the, the rice cooker cooking. But yeah, 
it's it is hard to depend on other people for everything because like you feel bad you feel ashamed you feel like you're bothering them or yeah i feel like um <laughs> even though like i just reminded me like i often i don't know why it's a bad habit but i try to have to, i have to keep reminding myself stop saying sorry you're just doing your job because <laughs> you know like you get some rude patients you get some nice patients and you get to the habit of going hey sorry to bother you but honestly you're just doing your job and you're doing a good job if you need to hear that uh, i hope you well i hope you needed i hope that's what you wanted to hear <sighs> anyway where was i even going with this oh yes yeah, so it's important to call your parents make sure they're okay because uh, as I grow older, my parents are growing older too, and it's scary. Uh, and I guess reading through working in the geriatrics ward has made me realize, you know, how nice it is to have, you know, caring family around you, friends that like look after you, um, you know, siblings, like, and the relationship dynamics. Mm. Okay, so the final final patient that I'll talk about. I hope I'm not like you know providing any patient identifiers because I'm just being very very vague about these patients. So I do have another patient. I haven't actually personally spoken to her because she came, she was admitted before I started on this ward. So, um, so this patient has a daughter who's very controlling, and basically the daughter just wants to make all the decisions on behalf of her mum. She's not the only daughter. Um, she's got other children as well uh, but I think this daughter lives with the mom so she's pretty much her full-time carer so therefore I think they just reinstate they they decided that she could be the medical you know um, person to make all the decisions uh, and I think the mom might have a bit of dementia I'm not sure so she couldn't they've deemed her not um, how to say like um, able to make her own decisions um, and so the daughter has all the rights and I think the other family members are not happy about that. And there's all these family dynamics and like written in the notes about the situation where, you know, because I'm in the hospital at the moment, uh, there's still restrictions on how many visitors can visit each day for how long. I think it's in like one hour slots and they can only have one visitor at a time. So I think because the daughter's always like there, like she's using up all the visiting time that is allocated for the patient. Uh, for the, and like the other family members aren't able to visit because she's always she's already there um, and yeah and apparently well for, from my point of view from reviewing the notes is that like the daughter really really lo- I mean no don't get me wrong she really really loves her mom but is she putting her mom's best interests at heart I don't think so and I, I just feel like this is so wrong so like the mom is basically dying and like the daughter refuses to let go and she just keeps wanting you know um, interventions after interventions for her mom like um, getting her like um, these infusions to get rid of fluid uh, which you know it's not gonna prolong life but I, I don't know like why she wants it but apparently she thinks it helps but honestly the mom just relapses so it's not really much of a help and it like she's she's basically trying to decide like basically acting like she's the doctor like the consultant I don't know who what she does but like she sounds really really bossy um and I think she's just way too involved and like I did try to call her to get medication history uh for her mom but she never called me back so I think she's also very selective on who she talks to 
Uh, I've heard from the other pharmacists that she's very difficult to deal with um, and that she's caused a lot of issues and made a lot of complaints about a lot of people. So I am really, really worried, like, you know, when the patient does discharge, like how, um, yeah, I don't know how to talk to her. And like, apparently, like every single medication change has to go through her. Um, well, anyway, I've got only got, uh, aside from, so this is my second to last week at this ward so hopefully she'll leave like after I leave <laughs> um yeah wishful thinking uh knowing that I just said that it's probably going to be discharged during my time in this ward <sighs> anyway um all you can do is learn from difficult situations and you know reflect upon it and yeah write some reminds me I need to write some reflections for my rotation which I haven't done I think I should maybe mention some of the things that I've said in this podcast. Um, but yeah, well, what was I going to say? Yeah, yeah, so the main point of that last story was that, you know, like, what's the point of prolonging someone's life? Like, how do you know what they want? Like, yeah, I just don't understand, like, why she just keeps wanting to make her mum well enough for a little bit longer. Like, you're not adding to her quality of life. So everyone's saying, like, you know, you should prepare for palliative, the the terminal pathway. But she just refuses to let go and wants to get all these interventions on for her mum. So there's a a big, huge pendulum swing, um, I guess, from the different types of family um, that I see in these patients. Um, And yeah, and the side note is that the daughter claims that you know, nobody, none of the other siblings care about her mum and they only come and visit like once or twice a year. And now that she's sick, they're always here. I think she's just worried that, you know, maybe she's worried that they're going to take her mum's money. I'm not sure, but that's what happens in K-dramas. So with the family fights when someone passes away. Um, yeah. So speaking of K-dramas, this is like a side note, like, um, it's got nothing to do with the rest of the podcast, but um, the current uh, K-drama that I've been watching, I don't know if I've mentioned already, uh, on Netflix, uh, it is a Hospital Playlist. Um, really, really love this drama. It's um, set in a hospital setting. Surprise, surprise. And yeah, it just basically follows five different uh, consultants uh, in five different areas. And uh, a lot of them are surgeons, maybe all of them. Um, and yeah, so there's an obstetrics obstetrician um who deals with like you know babies or delivery of babies and moms expecting moms and then there's a pediatric surgeon or pediatric doctor and he also you know does surgeries looks after kids of all ages um and then there is a cardiothoracic surgeon does all the heart surgeries uh, and then there's also a neurologist who does brain surgeries. And the last one is a renal uh, or upper GI or whatever a surgeon. And he does um, like liver and uh, kidney kind of gallbladder stuff, the stomach stuff, stomach surgeries. Um, yeah, so like after watching this, the first season, I already finished the first season, well, the second season, um, really, um, 
yeah, really, like, has piqued my interest, um, of, you know, becoming a surgeon or a doctor one day, so, yeah, maybe I will take the GAMSAT in September, uh, we'll see, I think the applications for GAMSAT open in May, if I am correct, I should probably get started studying, but I need to submit my research EOI again, um, yeah, and the other thing is I just got reminded that I haven't transferred my friend for Netflix this month yet, so I better do this as soon as I um, upload this podcast. Um, I hope everyone is well, I hope you've been able to have a good Easter and that you've been able to travel somewhere. Um, if not, hopefully you're able to travel somewhere this year since, you know, borders are opening and flights are probably really cheap because people are still scared to travel. Um, so right, so thank you for all the people that listened to my previous podcasts. I don't know, there was eight plays. I don't know if it's all the same person or if it's different people. But yeah, thanks for listening to me rambling about absolutely nothing.